This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. You know what I can do? You know what I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How are you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. Everything is going well. How are you today? Uh, Not they, too bad. They can't answer us, I guess. So. And yourself? Oh, well, wouldn't that be funny if we just got caught in a loop? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. And terrifying. Uh, so news today, uh, sad news first, uh, Eddie Money, uh, dead at 70 years old. Uh, Mike, were you a fan of Eddie Money? I mean, I, I've heard some of his songs, you know, I'm not, not really my favorite kind of music, but, you know, he seems, you know, good for him, he's still getting out there at 70 to perform, he was a staple of the local music scene, like, basically, it'd be almost like, uh, the kickoff of summer would be Eddie Money coming to, uh, you know, Pine Knob or DC yep. or whatever it's called now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he holds a very, uh, a very interesting distinction. He is the first ever rock star to overdose on fentanyl. So, <laughs> good for right. good for him. Yeah, he overdosed on fentanyl, I think, in 1986. Oh, wow. I want to say... He, how did he survive? I don't know, but uh, he, uh, yeah, he uh, set a record there, kicked out uh, that door for uh, for rock stars everywhere. So good, Jeez. good for you, Mister Money. Um, died of esophageal cancer. Uh, he also yeah, he recently announced that he had it like less than a month ago, I believe. Yeah, he said he didn't want to like he didn't want to hide it. He, he said it would feel like lying to him. And everything, uh, you know, I respect that. A lot of people, I, I, I never begrudge people like famous people when they get cancer or whatever, uh, not saying anything about it because you know I understand your your whole life is open to the public and open to speculation. And when you find out you're dying like that, I can understand not wanting everyone to know about it. You know, so so I never I never judge people when they want when they want to keep things quiet like that. But you know, I respect uh, you know, Eddie Money for wanting to let everyone know this is what's going on, you know, with my life and everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's sad. Uh he at least got to be somewhat old, probably had a pretty decent life. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's a shame that, you know, we still need to work on these uh medical issues. We're not quite there yet. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm I'm encouraged. I read a, a study that I think is is pretty interesting. Uh, it's worked in rats and mice, so you know they'll they'll go on to higher animal testing and everything. But basically, it's the they take the venom from a Brazilian. I think it's a Brazilian hornet, and they you know they somehow make a medicine out of it and they they give it peep they give it to people i think it's in a pill form or intravenously well not people but these animals uh i guess with the animals it's probably just intravenous i don't know how they'd give it to to humans if it'd be the same way but uh what this thing does is it uh it destroys fat cells um so one of the interesting things is most types of cancers not all types of cancers but i think it said uh, something like 85 to 90% of cancers, the the fat cells are on the outside 
of the cell wall for cancers. And for regular, healthy, normal cells, fat cells are on the inside. So this thing can't pass through cell walls, or it can't pass through cells. You know, it can't go inside cells. It just affects things on the outside. So what it does is, for the cancer cells, it kind of punches holes in the cancer cells because it destroys all that fat, and then the mitochondria just kind of spill out uh, from the cancer, and the cancer cells can't grow, and they die, uh, and then the cancer is just destroyed. And the, the other cells are completely protected. Uh, it doesn't affect them in, in negative ways, at least from what they've seen so far uh, right now. Um, so, I mean, you know, obviously that's years and years away uh, testing-wise, but, uh, you know, maybe some, maybe some hope there. Yeah, it's always good to see. Uh, but, yeah, so Eddie Money, uh, dead at 70, rest in peace. Uh, if you're religious, God's taken him home tonight. Uh, he got two tickets to, we got one ticket to paradise. Uh, <laughs> hey, you can stand behind those by yourself. <laughs> Not for offense, just quality wise. But anyway, so, uh, the other news item that I have today is that Shane Gillis, apparently a new member of SNL. We'll see if he stays a new member of SNL. He's under considerable fire for some uh, racist and homophobic comments, I guess, on a podcast. Uh, I, I, and, you know... It, hey, the, wait, you get into trouble for doing that? Yeah, I know. That's, that's, I, thought, <sighs> I thought everything that we said on this podcast was protected, guys, right? Oh, shit. This will never come back to haunt us. Nah. But anyway, so I guess he said uh, something... Okay, so this is from Variety... I'm just going to quote my source. This is the quote they have that they're attributing to him, uh, where he's talking about uh, New York City's Chinatown. And it said, he says, let the fucking chinks live there and mocks immigrants' language skills. I guess doing a a bad, uh, like, pinjin uh, accent, you know, the, the very stereotypical uh, kind of accent. Um it says in other episodes, there are no quotes here, but it just says in other episodes he makes derogatory mar- remarks about women, Muslims, and the, this says the LBTQ community. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they mean the LGBTQ community. Um, but, uh, and then they also mention that Bowen Yang, who is gay and Chinese American, so two boxes there, good job, NBC, uh, is, go- is also going to be added to the 45th uh, season Roster only the third cast member of Asian descent. Mike, just quick, uh, like quiz. Do you know? Can you can you name either of the other two actors of Asian descent that have been on Saturday Night Live? I was just thinking that I, I can't think of anyone. Can you? Uh, well, I, I I know who it is because it's in it's in here in this article. But I would not have guessed either one of these people were Asian. Although I think I think I saw something about him. Uh, one of them being being part Asian anyway, but it says Fred Armisen and Rob Schneider are both part oh, yeah, yeah. Asian Rob, descent. Rob, Rob Schneider is half Philippine, actually. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, the, Rob Schneider's the one that I had heard. I thought I thought he said his mom was Filipino, I believe. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah, I have heard that before. Fred Armisen, I was not aware that he has, uh, that he has Asian heritage. 
nor does it really matter to me. I, Fred Armisen is, is hilarious, and that's why I like him. But anyway, so there are people, you know, coming out saying, uh, you know, like, so a lot of people are like, I, I usually defend comedians, but this stuff's just racist and, and everything. There are people saying that he should be fired from Saturday Night Live. Uh, Andrew Yang, the the presidential candidate that wants to give everyone $1,000 a month, says that uh, he doesn't think he should lose his job over this. He basically says, I prefer comedy that makes people think and doesn't take cheap shots, but I'm happy to sit down and talk with you if you'd like. That's what he said, too. Just looking for any mention in the press at this point. I think so. I think that's what this is. Because he's responding to a tweet of Shane Gillis's that says, I'm a comedian who pushes boundaries. I sometimes miss. If you go through my 10 years of comedy, most of it bad, you're going to find a lot of bad misses. I'm happy to apologize to anyone who's actually offended by anything I've said. My intention is never to hurt anyone, but I'm trying to be the best comedian uh, I can be, and sometimes that requires risks. So here's the thing. When you hear... Because I don't, I, now, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to say whether I think he should lose his job. I'm, in general, I don't think people should lose their job over being stupid. Um, you know, I mean, if they're negligent on their job, but, you know, for, for things like this, I'm usually not in favor of that. Uh, but, like I said, I don't, I haven't heard it, so I'm not going to comment on it as far as that goes. Uh, but when you hear without context, in, in just in a plain plaintive voice, like I just said, um, oh, apparently, according to this, and what is this? This is, well, this is Fox News, so I don't know, maybe you can't trust it. But um, the quote they have is, why do the fucking chinks live there uh, before complaining that Chinese restaurants are full of fucking Chinese? Uh, so when I say it just flat like that, it obviously, you know, has a really bad connotation. Now, if you heard it on the podcast and maybe he's laughing as he says it, maybe it's, you know, maybe he's doing a bit. I don't know. Um, obviously context can change things. So I don't know. I, I'm saying that I could see someone saying that and it being, it, it being part of a joke. That's not as offensive as it sounds when I just read it plainly. Um, I mean, I guess if you guys care about our take on this, I don't know why you would. Um, I can go through and listen to it and then give you an informed opinion on it. But I would just urge you, before you make a judgment on whether or not you think this is offensive, listen to the actual podcast. I'm sure you can look up somewhere what episode it is, uh, what the timestamp is, and you can find uh, you know, the actual clip. Lip, listen to it and, you know... If, if you think he's being way out of line and just being racist to be racist, then, you know, fine. He's saying that it's comedy. Um, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he was uh, you know, trying to be funny. I don't know. Um, yeah, see, I, see, I, I can perfectly see them. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be upset if they did get rid of him and, you know, kick him off the cast. But, mm. but what I understand is how, um, like, some random person on Twitter can find all this, but NBC didn't vet this guy out and find this shit. No shit. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, for all I know, it's like a rival comedian who didn't get the job. They're like, oh, yeah, fuck you. And just look. I mean, you could, if you wanted to really dig into anybody's history on Twitter, you can find any shitty thing they said. Yeah. You should I, be able I, to. I mean, how, how, how NBC didn't look through this, I'll never know. 
Yeah, and, and if they did and they knew about it, were they just like, okay, let's roll the dice? I mean, I don't... Right. And, I, and on the other hand, like him, I mean, he, I would just disclose that shit immediately because, as said, you know, anyone could just, like, dig into your Twitter, your mm-hmm. Twitter history and find it out right away. I mean, like I, t- I was talking, I was talking to my wife about this the other... I, I don't even know how anyone could possibly try committing a crime these days. How can you get away with anything? Yeah, no, I agree. There's, like, a surveillance state everywhere. There's, you know, there's DNA. People are getting caught by, you know, having your... You don't even have to be like get put your DNA into a system. Your ancestor can put their DNA into a system, and you can be locked away for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, so even like, how would you think that you could put something on the internet and, and under your name and still have it there, and it wouldn't be found by somebody? Now, listen, I, I'll 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 admit I'll admit something to to people right now. I've told uh, a racist joke before. So now here's the thing, everybody. Yeah, it was right before the episode. <laughs> everybody. That that's younger than Mike and I. Uh, well, not everybody, but you know, if you're if you're at least a few years younger than us, then you grew up in the internet. Basically, you grew up as soon as as soon as you were old enough to really kind of you know start to socialize, go to high school, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you had the internet at your fingertips and, and got on MySpace and Facebook and and Twitter or whatever it was. Uh, when you started coming up, I think it's like TikTok and Snapchat now, whatever the fuck those things are. Um, but you know, you you guys' whole life has been online, so you're used to this. You're used to sharing everything. This guy, this Shane Gillis, is part of that that generation. That's I think that's used to to being online and sharing all this stuff. Uh, one of my friends, I well, I guess I won't name him, uh, and I one time uh, he lives in Las Vegas. <laughs> Oh. And uh, so we were on the phone with each other, and we were kind of like just going through online. And he found this website of racist jokes. So I went on there, and we went back and forth reading racist jokes to each other. And there were there were times that we were laughing incredibly hard. But the reason that we were laughing was because of the the horribleness of some of these jokes. And, you know, like some of them were against black people, some were against Jewish people, just it, like women, there were like blonde jokes in there too. It ran the gamut. It was like, I think like an offensive joke website or something like that. Um, you know, most of them were not, were not actually funny and most of them were not, were not, the way a, a, a skilled comedian would tell a joke that be, could be construed as racist but is actually like kind of trying to make a point or something, none of them were like that. <laughs> They were all just like, like one of them was that, uh, that really famous one. Um, uh, what's the difference between a Jew and a pizza? You know, and I'm pretty sure you know the punchline to that joke, Mike. Um, uh, yes, your father, I think, told me the, uh, <laughs> that joke. So, so like that, that was the level of jokes. So, I almost said his name. The friend of mine that lives in Las Vegas uh, with his wife, um, and doesn't have any children. <laughs> Mike now knows exactly who I'm talking about. Oh, I already knew. Um, we, you know, we were laughing at the fact that that there were people that thought that this was okay, kind of thing. So, you know, but we knew we knew better. This is my, the point of the whole thing. He and I knew better than to put that on the internet. <laughs> Than to go and say, you know, look at the ridiculousness of this, even to try to make a point. We knew better than put any of that stuff on the internet. What I'm saying is, 
everyone at some point in their life is dumb. Not everyone is smart at some point in their life. Most of us probably are, have our moments of, of intelligence. But everyone at some point in their life is dumb or does something dumb or says something dumb. This generation puts all the shit on the internet. Right. Mike and I are of a generation that are wise enough not to put everything that we do and say on the internet. So I don't know how this younger generation is ever going to get a job now. Who's ever going to be able to become famous anymore? Because you'll go through the last 25 years of their life on the internet and say, oh, you said this. You're done. And, what, and what's funny is people are taking things completely out of context because obviously like you know, people are more like quote-unquote woke and more concerned with political correctness now. Mm-hmm. So, like, stuff that really wasn't, I mean, stuff that wouldn't be found offensive. Like, Sarah Silverman, of all people, like, uh, recently lost an acting job because she, on her show that was on, you know, in the public, on Comedy Central, where mm-hmm. everyone could see people at the time were watching it, was wearing blackface. I mean, so you basically go back to something that, like, oh, well, it's offensive now is what they're doing, which is just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. It's There's like, no sense of historical context or anything. It's like when people, yeah, that... <laughs> It's like people that want to get rid of the N-word from Huckleberry Finn. And, and it's like, you know Mark Twain wasn't racist, right? Like, you, you, know, you know he was against slavery and against uh, black people being treated as inferior. And you know... But he, it was controversial how humanely, you know, they were portrayed in his works. Right, yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, you know, he uses that word because that's the truth. That's what people would have said in that time period. You can't sanitize everything. You can't sanitize the past. And, and even it's even hard to say, like with like Thomas Jefferson, like you know the huge proponent of freedom, like had slaves. You know mm-hmm. that shit. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you really can't. I, I, I can't imagine how it's so weird that he wouldn't have, you know, automatically just said, "Oh shit, I'm I'm a hypocrite. I'll go rid of my slaves." You know, I mean. Again, the whole historical context, not that I'm saying it's great or a good thing that he had in the first place. It's just so odd that, you know, things are... I, mean, I don't think people can imagine how different things were 100 years ago or 200 years ago in this country, like, mm-hmm. socially. Yeah, exactly. Like Or 10 years ago. Right, right. When people, when people talk about friends and they're like, oh, yeah, that's, that show's terrible now because, uh, because they, there's a lot of homophobia in it or, or they talk about this or they talk about that. And it's like, yeah, that was 1994. That's right. why. That was 25 years ago. Yeah, everything from 25 years ago is, you can find something offensive in everything you look at. Like, there's, it, it, the further back you go, the worse it is. I mean, we go further back, you get Revenge of the Nerds, which, you know, no one even made a peep about it at the time, except for mm-hmm. maybe some people. Um, and I mean, I, I mean, I just never heard of a controversy over it until, uh, you know, I, I was started thinking about it a few years ago, like that movie really, really did not age well at all. No, no. And, and that's, and the thing is, is that is, there, people aren't always wrong when they say that revenge of the nerds is pretty bad when you, when you look at it, the, they couldn't do that in a movie today and they probably uh, yeah. shouldn't. They, they commit several crimes in the movie. Yeah. What happens. Yeah, and, and whereas back then it would be like, oh, that's good, clean fun. But no, they uh, they do a lot of stuff that uh, really, especially like in the modern context, like the people who are really into like IT and shit, they would definitely be like more the jocks than the uh, nerds. Oh, be, yeah. be role reverse. Absolutely. Like, if you made that, you'd have to make it be like revenge of the jocks or something. Yep. 
Oh, but anyway, so that's uh, that's our rant about political correctness for this week. Yes, a common uh, theme. I know that uh, that sometimes people get sick of uh, people saying it's PC gone mad, uh, as Dave Chappelle did and Bill Burr, which we'll talk about later, did on his comedy special too. And most comedians now, uh, if they don't open the show with it, at least talk about it at some point. And I know that... Uh, you know, people get upset and millennials will say, uh, oh, yeah, just keep whining, Grandpa. You know, don't get with the times and, and everything like that. Yeah, because they're uh, characters from the 50s. Right, exactly. But it's... I bring it up because it's important. Okay, so you need moderation. I don't want to go back to a time when it's okay for, um, what's his name, Mickey Rooney, to uh, put on glasses and buck teeth in Breakfast at Tiffany's and play the most offensive Asian stereotype in the world. But I also don't want to be at a place where anytime anyone says anything that could even remotely be construed as offensive, especially comedians, <laughs> that, uh, that they're, you know, they're automatically canceled you know, for it. So yeah, I don't I don't want to go I don't want to go there either. I don't want either of those extremes. What I want is a nice middle ground where people are generally, you know, respectful and nice of each other and not assholes to each other and uh, you know, and everyone else is is cool and doesn't want to be victims anymore. You want to get, you know, pissed off at something. Why don't you get pissed off at the fact that there's still kids in cages uh, at the at the border that we have literal concentration camps at the southern border? That'd be something I'd get up upset about. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, so now on to keeping current with Mike, uh, where we plumb the depths of celebrity gossip. Uh, just more important news than anything else. Why talk about the uh, rainforest being on fire and all of our oxygen being destroyed when we could talk about Kim Kardashian's butt? So, Mike, where are we going this week? Let's see, this week we are going to Hip Hop DX. That's hiphopdx.com. Nice. Are you familiar with this uh, publication, Mark? No, I know of Hip Hop RX, uh, Hip Hop Prescriptions, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure of Great. DX. Actually, I think, I think we've done DX once before. I think we tried to, but we couldn't for some reason use it. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Um, so this one, the top headline is Corrupt Reportedly Hospitalized Following Alcohol Relapse. Oh, okay, so corrupt is a human being. Yeah, I don't know who it is. Spoke K-U-R-U-P-T, by the way. K-U-R-U-P-T? Okay. So corrupt is an American rapper. What I think corrupt is his usage of the English language, am I right? <laughs> Born in 1972, he is 46 years old. How long has he been? Oh, my God, he's been in the game since the early 90s. He was, uh, uh, was he in a group or anything? Well, it says he was originally signed to Death Row Records and uh, formed a duo, uh, the, Dog, the Dog Pound, with Daz Dillinger. Oh, he was the Dog Pound? Yeah, I guess. I'm not familiar with them. Huh. Uh, but anyway, so he, uh, I don't know, what's, what, what were his influences? Uh, oh, Kendrick Lamar cited Corrupt in a 2014 interview, as one of his three most significant influences alongside Tupac and Ice Cube. Huh. Nice. 
well, I mean, those are those are definitely two great rappers to influence another great rapper in Kendrick Lamar. So that's good company. The uh, yesterday was the anniversary of uh, Tupac Shakur's death. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was never a big fan. You you weren't a big fan of Tupac. I'm more of a Biggie guy. Oh okay. I uh I liked Tupac. I mean I liked them both. Um, yeah, like to me, Tupac seemed like a guy who's like, oh, I'm going to be famous, you know, because so he studied acting and tried to be an actor. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, well, I guess I'll be a rapper now. So he's like, you know, okay, whatever you're. To me, it doesn't feel very genuine. Whereas, like, a notorious B.I.G., notorious big, if you will, right? Um, seemed like he like he like was compelled to tell these like parts about his life. He seemed more of a poet than like a uh, performer, which is the distinction between the two, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, as far as you know, especially that generation. Of rap artist, I was always a big Ice Cube guy. Yeah, Snoop Dogg was always great too. Obviously, a little later than those. Oh yeah, but I was yeah I was big into NWA. I was big into into Ice Cube in particular, um, and I like Kendrick Lamar. I was, was going to call it N- I was gonna call NWP. <laughs> what? <laughs> and that's all we can say about that, right? <laughs> Oh, all right. Next, next, uh, next story. Do you think it was an awkward conversation for Kevin Smith and uh, Chris Rock when they had their first reading of that line? <laughs> Probably. So, uh, what's what's to say here, Kevin? He's like, listen, Chris Rock, you're desperate for any role in any movie, and you're a terrible actor. Why don't you just be in this? <laughs> all right. Although Chris Rock is going to be in the next season of Fargo, which I'm kind of apprehensive about. Ooh. A, a great comedian, but not a good actor. No, not at all. I, I haven't seen him in anything where I thought, wow, great performance there, Chris yeah, he, Rock. I don't understand how he's such a bad actor. I don't either, because like you said, he is a really good stand-up comedian. And for the most part, stand-up comedians are, generally turn out to be decent actors. Especially dramatic ones, but he is—he's uh, not good in comedies. That's how bad of an actor he is. Yeah, yeah, not good. But we, I really like to have a state with him and Bernie Mac. That's got a lot of funny parts. But even then, he's just like basically doing a, like an hour and a half stand-up. Act. Yeah, I mean, I like that movie, but he's definitely not one of the best parts. But Bernie Mac is really good in that movie. Oh my god, Bernie <laughs> Mac is so funny in that movie. I love Bernie Mac. The but the Bernie Mac is the best part of Bad Santa, the original Bad yeah. Santa. I don't know why I never watched a Bernie Mac show, but I am I am a huge Bernie Mac fan. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Love Bernie Mac. Yeah, our, uh, our next uh, headline is uh, Lil Wayne cancels Blink-182 show after saying he was kicked out of Ritz-Carlton. The police say he voluntarily left after a verbal dispute with the hotel staff, which is like the least like, you know, frightening headline you've ever heard. I mean, it's, it's why even bother to comment on this. He had an argument and he was kicked out of the hotel. That's what happened. He's canceling the Blink... Like, so He's, he's been... Uh, I don't know if you know, he's been touring with Blink-182. I did not know that. So, that is hilarious. Yeah, so I don't know who... I don't know if they switch who opens or if he's always, like, the opener, but so I assume he's just not showing up for that specific show. Oh, okay. So he's he's not canceling the tour. He's just quitting the tour. I think it might just be a sh- one single show. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Cool. Blink-182 and Lil Wayne, that is so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess they, I guess they, they were popular around the same time, I guess? 
Not really. It seems like Little Wayne was later, but yeah, Little Wayne was a, a bit later for sure. He was like more like a two thousands kind of thing. I mean, like what he do was around the same time. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's it's a that's a weird it's a weird pairing to me. That's not one that would occur to me. Yeah, I don't get it either. But what can you do? Yeah, all right. I mean, yeah, that's all I have uh, for uh, keeping current with Mike. Uh, back to you, Mark. All right. Now on to the Parents Guide game. Uh, someone call it the game of games. Yeah, someone did call it that once. We we've. We've had some people, as you'll hear also on uh, the other episode this week, we've had some people that have mentioned that it's a little confusing to play along at home when we go back and forth because you're you're trying to guess two movies at once instead of going one at a time. So uh, Mike and I are experimenting with going uh, just one at a time. Uh, I'll go first this week and read all of the clues to Mike based on this one film. You can play along at home. Mike will try to guess it, and then we will uh, we'll switch, and Mike will uh, will quiz me. And let us know if you like that better, or or if you want us to go back to the other way. So to give you a uh, a clue here, uh, this movie uh, again, not sure if you've seen it or not, uh, is certified <laughs> M eighteen in Singapore. Oh, so they chew gum in this one. <laughs> All right, so let's go with. Um, hmm. let's go with alcohol, drugs, and smoking first. Oh, and hey, it, Mark. Uh, yeah. You know, we really need this segment some dramatic music while we're guessing. Right. If we get the equipment that maybe we're going to be getting, uh, you know, we'll see what what happens. Uh, I can program in sound effects and stuff to that, so I can just push the button when I want to do it. Nice. Look at the Rush Hour Renegades. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so first thing, drugs, alcohol, and smoking. Several of the scenes where drugs are being used take place in a kitchen filled with equipment used to make drugs. Uh, Goodfellas? Yes, that's right. <laughs> Did we do this before? Mm, I don't think so. I okay, wrong, good. But I, I kind of figured it from the clue. I was almost positive you'd seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really wanted to do it. Shit, I just had another example of a uh, 50s throwback, but I lost it. So there's that. I lost the 50s throwback reference. I thought would have made this perfect. Oh, man. This whole thing would have gone viral. We would have yep. been all over Twitter. Yep. And then, people would have, and then people would have trolled through the rest of the episodes and been like, hey, they, they, they used a racial slur at one point. Uh, I don't think we have yet. I don't think we have either. Maybe for the 50th episode? Yeah, we should do the 50th episode. Like <laughs> celebration. <laughs> all right. In this, in this movie... Uh, clue, clue number one. A couple talks about sex. Oh, okay. Uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's the no sound. <laughs> okay. Clue number two. A quote-unquote boob inspector had is shown. There are cartoon boobs on it. Oh my god, that sounds really familiar too. It's a good job to get if you can get it. Um, 
Summer school? Did you say summer school? Yeah. No. Damn it. Clue number three. A teenage girl flashes her boyfriend, but we see her from the back. Scream? You are correct. Nice. Right, well, we... three clues. That, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> not as impressive as on the first clue. But... Well, not even close. <laughs> yeah, you, you still did okay. <laughs> Which you've done twice now. I'm getting good. I'm getting better. Uh, so, now on to our main topic. So, yeah, let us know, too. Let us know if you want uh, that to appear as that. You know what I mean. Yeah, let us know. Um... Oh, okay. Also, real quick, promo. So, my wife pointed out to me, <laughs> because she listens to a lot of the podcasts on the network, uh, that it, someone read uh, our promo uh, the other day. Uh, it was Faves of Our Lives, actually. So, shout out to, to Faves of Our Lives. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I know I say this about every show on the network, but here's a dirty little secret. I mean, I don't listen to all the shows on the network. We got a lot of shows on the network, so I don't. I don't regularly listen to yeah, every, every time. Every time we see a post on Facebook, it's a new fucking show I've never heard of. Yeah, so I don't. I don't listen to every show on the network um, just because I can't. I don't have the time. But uh, the Facebook. Which one? Which ones do you listen to regularly? I'm not going to say all of them, but <laughs> I, I will say that the Faves of Our Lives is one of the ones that I listen to regularly. I think they do a great job and uh, and everything. And my wife pointed out that when they read our re- re- you know review before they played our promo on their show, that they said some really nice things about us. And she said, "Oh, I like that. That's really nice that they did that. You know, it's a lot better than uh, you and RJ uh, basically just saying, um, I don't know who it is. So we'll talk about it next." RJ. Week. Yeah, from uh, apparently on the skeptical skeptics, they uh, a lot of times he'll also just be like, uh, "I'm not sure who this is." So just uh, yeah. this. Um, but anyway, so I uh, I did my my duty here and I looked up last week. We talked about TV tuners and Drinkopedia. Uh, TV tuners they are hilarious. Uh, Drinkopedia I think is one of the most uh, interesting shows that we have on the network. Hey, do we have multiple shows about like? Drinking and such? Kind of, yeah. I mean, we have brew crime. It's like, yeah, brew. Oh, isn't there brew talk or something to do? Yeah, we, well, we have What the Hops and Three Beers In. They talk Jeez. about craft beers. <laughs> okay, that's a lot of info we got going there. Yeah, you should guest on uh, one of those uh, the alcohol shows. Like, you, you would definitely be good on that. What, what, why do you say that? I don't know. Why do you think, Mike? In, in the, in the All of a sudden, I hear my wife come out of another mic. Yeah, Mike, why do you think? <laughs> Is this an intervention on the, uh, the pod? We're, here Maybe, be, but, we're here because we love you. But you're, you're, you're too lazy to cut it out, though. So it's just like, a, it's just like why would that be on there? <laughs> but this week, we're doing, we're doing a promo for Time Sensitive Podcast. They talk about things that you might have missed. So they cover, I mean, they cover similar-ish stuff to what we do because they'll talk about uh, different streaming stuff. They also talk about things that that come out in the theater, but things that are a little bit 
more under the radar. So instead of talking about like the big Marvel movie that comes out that everybody's talking about, they'll talk about the you know the interesting like art house type movie that either released Netflix or got like a limited release in, in theaters for a few months. Didn't oh, man, make I any money. To watch a Velvet Buzzsaw like we did. Right, exactly. My memory of that movie does not age well. No, no, it wasn't that great. Jake Gyllenhaal was good, but it wasn't that yeah, great. He's, he's pretty an actor. I haven't really seen a lot of stuff, but he was good in uh, that Nightcrawler movie. Is really good, and he was good in Velvet Buzzsaw. I don't think I've seen him in anything other than that, though. Wait, no, that's not true. I saw Donnie Darko. Darko. He's, yeah. he's good in that. Yeah, I knew you'd he see that. He plays Donnie Darko. He does. So uh, this is time sensitive. Uh, listen to them. This was about Donnie Darko. You have to watch it. It's so good. It was all right. Your friends may have decent taste in movies, but their incoherent reviews are getting annoying. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Looking for a new podcast? Join Time Sensitive, where we break down the recent movies you've heard of, but may have missed. Spoilers included. And we get it. You're busy and can't see everything, but are you really going to track it down a year later? We take the time so you don't have to. Find us on Twitter, at TSMoviePod, and find out what we're watching. I'm Sam. I'm Ian. And I'm Kate, and we're three friends and armchair movie critics. Seriously, invite us into your living room. Kate, stop. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Time sensitive, because you deserve better. (laughs) So, that was Time Sensitive Podcast. Uh, specializing in Donnie Darko, uh, it's it's mostly Donnie Darko fan theories. Yeah, it's it, quite frankly, it's a, it's it's very Donnie Darko heavy. <laughs> but if you're a fan of Donnie Darko, definitely check them out, and you will not be disappointed. Next week, uh, our uh, review podcast will be the new Donnie Darko uh, episode guy <laughs> podcast. Uh, just just as a heads up, it does not go into the sequel movie. No, it just it's just petitions to make a Donnie Darko limited series on Netflix. In, in examining the timeline of Donnie Darko, mm-hmm. it, it it goes heavily into that book that uh, that you yep. can find on the internet or whatever. And then it very briefly touches onto the shortly lived uh, Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> Donnie Darko inference. <laughs> Darko. Yep. It's kind of similar to a uh, you know like a quantum leap type thing where you go back through time and yep. repeatedly sacrifice your life at the end of the. That's right. It's Donnie Darko. There's always it did not test well amongst the uh, the tween crowd. I'll tell you that much. Always some some tragedy befalls the uh, the family, and in every episode, uh, Donnie Darko sacrifices himself and then is miraculously back in the next episode. And his invisible dragon friend that only he can see uh, <laughs> would help him solve some of these crimes. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and he rode a skateboard a lot, which was interesting. Yeah. And it turned out he was adopted by uh, Mr. T. <laughs> and a Burt Reynolds played his father, who was also a crystal from another planet. <laughs> oh, my yeah. I don't think this makes sense out of order, but whatever. His... Yeah, I don't either. This is this is a callback to a future bit that you'll hear tomorrow. Much like Donnie Darko, this one travels from the future. Oh, yeah, and uh, and his brother uh, floated every time he took his sneakers off. Yep, that was his superpower. Yeah, it wasn't nearly as good. Okay. Hey, what can you do, Donnie? Oh, I can travel through time and affect change and create multiple dimensions for my actions. How about you? Uh, hand me the spray cans. 
Check this out. I can float gently. I can float around the edges of various TV productions long enough to uh, land an actual show. Oh, my God. Oh. I heard that Jerry O'Connell's uh, parents gave him, like, t- some kind of injection to make him grow so he could grow up to be an adult actor. <laughs> I really heard that somewhere. Too bad it didn't work out, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, is that why? What a waste somebody that was. He was in Scream too. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Oh, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry O'Connell's parents were abusive. Yeah, but it was for money, so. Well, yeah, okay, that is a good reason. But he's, like, I don't know if that's true. He's pretty, I think he's pretty tall. He's like six foot something. He's just pretty tall for an actor. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, he seems like he's in decent shape. I guess he's just not very successful career. Yeah, I mean, whatever. He's He's been in some things, I guess. Yeah, good for you. And he was, you know, he, he dated Rebecca Romaine Stamos. I think he's married to her. Are they still married? I think I think they have kids and everything. Good for him. Well, that's how he survives. Well, no shit. <laughs> All like the... John Samos, uh, you know, Alibody. Exactly. I think she probably has a lot of money, too, from being a model. I don't understand why models get paid so much, but whatever. Yeah, oh, they make a ton of money. I think we've discussed this a long time ago. I don't understand why you would have to pay actors that much, because anyone, everyone wants a job, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think that the demand is so high... That or the supply is so big because the demand for the job is so high that uh, you know you could you could charge much lower prices. Like okay, I'll give you a million dollars maximum for one movie. I mean, so that's I mean Samuel Jackson would still make like twenty million a year. Well, and that's the thing too is I that might start happening. I don't know because there was a time period in Hollywood and I kind of once upon a time in Hollywood, like we talked about, was sort of about the well it was about a different change, but we're kind of going through, uh, you know, it's a mirrors a change that we're going through now. It used to be that if you were a big Hollywood star, that, that people went to that movie. So, you know, the, the next Tom Cruise movie, the next Burt Reynolds movie, the next, you know, whomever, whomever was the big star at the time, it didn't matter. You know, it didn't matter what the premise was. It didn't matter who directed the movie. No one cared about that. Harrison Ford's in this movie. I'm going to go see it. There, there. That was the time in Hollywood, so I could see how they would pay them, you know, bigger and bigger amounts of money because they were the draw. That's not the case anymore. the The period of big Hollywood stars carrying a movie is just it doesn't exist anymore. So I, I think you're right. It might, it might, you know, I don't think we're going to see a lot of people making twenty million dollars a picture anymore. I would disagree. I mean, I see a lot of people who still show up for like a rock movie. Uh, for some, I, I don't. I'm not pretty really funny. I've never met a person who's really a huge fan of Tom Cruise. Yeah. Though in the movie Scream, uh, they do make a big deal about being able to see his penis because you know women love seeing penises because you know it's, so <laughs> it's the most sexy thing in the world. Right. Uh, but yeah, well, Tom Cruise used to be a heartthrob, I guess, but then he started doing so many weird things that he can't be a heartthrob anymore. And plus, he's like 60, I think. He's really old, an older gentleman at this point. Yeah. Oh. I mean, his soul is much older than his body, obviously. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, his soul uh, baronated in the uh, ca- cauldron of a volcano. And as clear as a uh, fresh drop of dew on the uh, you know the plants in the morning. Mm-hmm. I guess I should say caldera, but yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Uh, 
uh, Rosie O'Donnell has a huge crush on Tom Cruise. You ever gonna fuck? <laughs> He's gonna be shooting uh, koosh balls into her uh, nether regions. Oh my god, koosh balls! That is awesome. Oh, koosh balls. So our main topic tonight is, uh, I mean, you know what we watched. Uh, I, I don't know if you watched. House of D. I don't know if you watched it or not, Mike. But uh, I watched the Bill Burr comedy special. Um, yeah, I also watched the uh, Bill Burr comedy special, Sticks and Stones. That was the Dave Chappelle one. Yeah, I know. Do you remember what this one was called? I know it was in England. I think it's called... Live from something or Bill Burr. Oh, Paper Tiger. That's what it's called. Yeah, Paper Tiger. Like the... Uh, I, lo- I love that movie. word. That's a, that's, a, that's a phrase I love, Paper Tiger. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously a person who looks... Strong, but is really kind of weak. Yep. Yeah, it's... Matt, Matt Segan was in a band called uh, Paper Tiger for a while. Was you know he? That? Yeah, it was after I, I don't know. Was it, after I, Weasel Face. A, yeah, I went saw him in a band. I don't even remember what they're called, but he's like he got really into like Weezer and shit, which was hilarious. That is funny. <laughs> but so even then, he, even though they like played like a, a an amazing because he's a great guitarist, so he did a, he a great like note for note cover of uh saying so. They just like had to like go back into like a uh, do a note for note cover of eruption. Nice. And it was like perfect. I mean it was amazing. Yeah he's a very, very talented guitar player. Yeah. So um but yeah he was also in a band called Paper Tiger. Check out Paper Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Check out the band that probably doesn't exist anymore. Oh um, I can't imagine they would. But uh, now look up look up Matt Segan or or Mark Segan if he's going by that that's his actual name. Yeah, that's a stage name, Matt. Yeah, uh, I think it's C Y G N. Because of those two names that you'd want to change for a stage name, the first one is the one you really want to go. Yeah. <laughs> you have like one vowel in the last name. How does that work? You know, yeah, like I said, I think it's C Y G E N. So look him up. It sounds like a uh, Dungeons and Dragons monster. Is what his last name sounds like. The Seekin. You know. You know why. You know what. Uh, what stage name I never understood. Uh, the no. ca- the captain and Tennille, right? So this guy changed his name uh, to the captain. You know, uh, to be with his wife Tennille, and, and they named their their band that. You know what his real name is? Daryl uh, Sailor. Da- Daryl Dragon. Oh my god. That's his real name. How is that a real last name? Why why would you How is your last that sounds like a character from Step Brothers changing their last name to Dragon. And in fact I think he said you have to call me Dragon. Why would you change your name from Daryl Dragon to the captain? Oh my god. Oh, uh, but yeah, so There's this uh, I don't know if you see it on the internet, there's like this uh Major League Baseball game that was translated into Japanese, and like whoever did the thing just kind of like came up with like human, you know, like human uh, American like first names and last names, and they're just like ridiculous. Okay, it's like bum bum Magruder and like really wacky things like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, anyways, Paper Tiger. Real quick, Seagans band. Real quick. Are you going to do it with an accent? Because if so, I'm going to go uh, get a drink real quick. No, but, but re- real quick. Um, 
<laughs> I'm on I'm on the captain's Wikipedia page. Okay, now you mean dragons page. Yeah, unfortunately, you know he was born uh, August twenty seventh, nineteen forty two. Uh, you know, unfortunately, died January second, two thousand nineteen. Was he born under a full solar eclipse? <laughs> but this is the this is the best part of it. Under that little background information part, birth name Daryl Frank Dragon, also known as Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Your name is Daryl Frank Dragon. That's a pretty sweet name. Born into what, a what the fuck? What the fuck ethnicity is Dragon? I don't know. Born into a musical family, Dragon was the son of Eloise, uh, a conductor, composer, and arranger. And, and arranger is that like a fucking D and D class? <laughs> and Carmen. Oh, right. Okay, a ranger, not right. a, a space ranger. Right, arranger. That's a fucking weird like thing to throw into that bitch. Uh, his his dad's name was Carmen Dragon. Yeah, I play the uh, bass and I also range. <laughs> his elder brother was Dennis Dragon, a member of the '60s pop group The Dragons <laughs> and the '80s uh, surf band Surf Punks. What you started a fucking surf band in the '80s? <laughs> yep. Twenty years after your fucking pop, shouldn't you do that in reverse? <laughs> Seriously. I've been thinking for 20 years. Let's do a surf band. <laughs> oh. Even the Beach Boys were not doing surf music at that point. They were doing fucking Kokomo with goddamn John, uh, what's his fucking face on the drum? Yeah, John Stamos. Yeah. Who lost his wife to Jerry O'Connell. Oh, man, the guy from Slider slid my wife. I'm going to go play the drums with fucking uh, Brian Wilson over here. Oh my god. So listen to this. It's so funny that you mentioned the Beach Boys because it says Dragon's familiar image and stage name came from his time as a keyboard player with the Beach Boys <laughs> from 1967 to 1972. Be- oh, okay, good. That makes sense. 67. That, that, that makes way more sense. Beach Boys lead singer Mike Love gave him the nickname Captain Keyboard and it stuck. <laughs> because his brother was the fucking captain. Oh my god. Oh. like a dick move. What a dick move that is. Dragon began wearing a nautical captain's hat to go along with his <laughs> name. What the fuck? Oh, oh my I'm God. calling this right now. That is a fucking power move by Michael Love. Oh. Like, I'm Captain. Your brother's the captain. What about you, Captain Keyboard? Yeah, right. Oh, my God. That is awesome. That is great. So. So, anyway, it's Paper Tiger. Paper Tiger. Uh, so. Uh, overall, eh, it was okay. It was fine. I didn't love it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was okay too. Uh, I, I'm just kind of tired of people talking about political correctness and people who are snowflakes. And <laughs> Me that kind too. Of I mean, yeah, like Norm Macdonald. Not, I wouldn't really say this is 100 percent Bill Burr, but Norm Macdonald once said, like, if you're an angry comedian, like, where do you go at a certain point? Like, you're going to be angry at the weather. Yeah, exactly. And Bill Burr has a lot, Bill Burr is a great comedian. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, a lot of it is like, oh, I'm mad at everything. It's like, yeah, okay, we get it. Like, you know, Anthony Jessel is like, I'll do a dark joke this time. It's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you said, it gets if you're not multifaceted, it gets it gets old. Like, if you're doing one note type thing, it's like with um. 
what's his name, Louis Black. So yeah, that's a perfect example. Like, like that, I think that's what Norm was talking about. Yeah, and it's like okay, Louis Black. You know, when he did his little uh, back in black thing on on the Daily Show, you know, it was funny for for like you know five minutes here and there, and then he did some stand up. Which was also, you know, he had like one or two specials that were funny, and then after that, it's you know, like he started stand up when he was like forty. Yeah, I know. Forty something. But it's like after that, what are you going to do? Like, there's a reason he's not really around anymore as a as a big headliner or anything, because like you said, and like Norm said, at some point, if you're one note, the one note just it's too repetitive. Yeah, and like him, especially like when like Obama became president for eight years, I didn't hear from Lewis Black at all. Like he had nothing to be angry about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he it was the worst thing in the world. He got everything he wanted. Yeah, it's like Von Meter with uh, you know Kennedy being assassinated. Oh his over. yeah. Who was that? I can't remember who that was. That it was the day Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah, I can't remember who. I know what you're talking about. It was, it was a famous comedian, I think. He came up onto the stage and, you know, uh, said, well, Von Meter's fucked. It might have been George Carlin, but I, I don't really know. But yeah, it was a comedian. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Lenny Bruce, but I don't think that's right. Now, I want to say it was like, yeah, either Carlin or or maybe Richard Pryor or not. I, I don't think it was Richard Pryor. I think though. Carlin sounds right, but I, I, I can look it up, but I don't really know who it was. But yeah, um... Oh, for those who don't know, uh, Von Meter was a uh, impressionist who was really, you know, famous for uh, impersonating uh, JFK, one of the first, the most mm-hmm. pop- popular. He was making tons of cash going around, released a couple albums. It was the the famous family, I think it was called by Von. Yeah. So he was all he did was he was like he was a one note like impersonator. He did Kennedy, and then Kennedy gets. Yep, and his career was over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I, I agree with you. Like the stuff at the beginning. So the stuff about women and the stuff about political correctness, it was just it, like it was too much. So and, yeah, and also we are fresh off seeing Dave. Chappelle, yeah, well, in my opinion, is the best comedian out there doing doing the same material. I mean, obviously it's a different perspective, but it's like hearing a cover song almost, not quite, but it's like oh, I heard a cover song of a better. Yeah, and I felt like, am I being unfair? Because I just like hearing watched... a fucking disturbed cover song. It's you know a shittier version, right? Exactly. Like hearing uh, uh, what "Behind Blue Eyes" by uh, by Limp Bizkit <laughs> <laughs> instead of uh, instead of the Who. But um, but anyway, so I yeah, I thought to myself, I was like, am I being unfair? Because I just watched Sticks and Stones. And I just heard about the political correctness stuff. And, and, you know, obviously Dave Chappelle is... I like Bill Burr a lot. Bill Burr's, you know, Bill Burr's in my top ten or whatever. Another of, top three guest on, on talk shows. Much like yeah. Norm, he's amazing on talk shows, especially Conan. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, I love Bill Burr. But, um, you know, so he's, he's, he's in my top, you know, as well. But, you know, Dave Chappelle's probably more talented. I think Bill Burr would, would, would admit that, too. Um... And so I'm like, am I being fair? Because we just kind of heard very similar stuff. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's not quite as good. But I am just kind of getting sick of the... I mean, I don't care if a comedian mentions it, like at the, at the top about political correctness and stuff like that. But don't, 
don't build the first 10 minutes of your act around it because no yeah, one cares I, I'm anymore. Sort of, I'm sick of the subject. I'm at the point where like so many like innocuous things. I mean, obviously the Shane Gillis thing you mentioned earlier is a little more like hardcore. Mm. Like, you know, he's like, oh, so-and-so said something that I don't agree with. They said that Trump is a good pr- – like people like – you know, say what you will about Kanye West. I mean, he's a Trump supporter, and people like are yeah. shitting at him. I mean, you're allowed to have different opinions, regardless of how. I mean, they're harming someone. You could have different perspectives. Yeah, exactly. And but I've I think always thought that Kanye West was crazy. I mean, he, he is a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but a, a lot of genius takes a little bit of insanity. Mm-hmm. I think there's a really a strong correlation to that. Like uh, Chappelle, people thought he was crazy. I mean, he really didn't do the shit. Like everyone started these rumors, like. Oh, he's in South Africa taking drugs. He was just in South Africa, you know, yep. doing drugs and like on crack, like people said and shit. Yeah, and I do. But think he's that... also a guy who, who turned down twenty million dollars for his integrity. Can you name another person who would do that? I can't. <laughs> I wouldn't turn down exactly. You can have me. You if you put me in a fucking out of this world, uh, you know, remake, I'd do it for twenty million dollars. <laughs> Fuck yes, absolutely. But uh, we're doing this show for a lot less. Um, but. Yeah, and and I do think that Kanye West is, uh, at least I think he's had moments of musical genius. I think there are there are moments. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. He's crafted. He's been like the hottest, mm-hmm. like you know, hip hop artist for a while now. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue Eminem's up there, obviously Kendrick Lamar, but I mean, like when he releases Childish Gambino too. But when he releases something, it's an event. You know, everyone oh, yeah. just waits for his shit. And I li- I like that he actually puts thought and craft into what he's doing and you can see that he is you can actually see his progression as an artist in public too because mm-hmm. when he first came out like you know as a rap like with like the um was it the uh late registration or whatever the first yeah. one was like his when you'd see him live it was like the worst like show ever it was like just basically him standing there no production mm-hmm. and cut to like a few years ago he's at, like the mtv music awards the entire set is all white and it's like just like the most insane video you can imagine yeah yeah, college dropout was the first one. Oh, okay, but yeah, yeah, you're right. But yeah, it's just like you know, it's. I mean, is he crazy? Probably, but I mean, it's not. You know, harm. Insanity is not always harmful. You should have like, right. a huge stigma, like, oh, this person's not like everybody else. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's how we progress. As pardon me, as a species. Yeah, and like like you said, I think there's a big correlation because in order to, like, uh, geniuses by definition don't think like other people do they think in exactly. they think in different ways just like crazy people do so you know anybody i think that's genius has a little bit of also you can call it um you know eccentricity or or whatever you want to call it thinking yeah they, they, they're all a little bit crazy so you know i don't mind it from from uh you know those people but um yeah i mean like i i said a long time ago like before the whole trump stuff i was like um you know yeah kanye's kanye's a little nuts kanye's a little little out there but but definitely uh musically a genius for sure yeah and like him or not i really think the world's a more interesting place with people like him in it i mean absolutely yeah absolutely but uh bill burr (laughs) um so yeah, I and like there are times the women's the woman stuff like I get what he's doing because I hear his podcast, you know, and, and and listening to him like on a weekly basis, you get to know him a little bit. I think you you know people. Yeah, I think, yeah go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think I don't think people can 
can do what he's doing, do a podcast all the time without letting a little bit of, of himself show through. Yeah, yeah, he does his podcast by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he has guests occasionally, but I mean, you know, Bill Burr's a, you know, great raconteur. He's, I, 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 this sounds shitty, but I think he's kind of on autopilot this time. He can go anywhere in the world and play, you know, make tons of money. He mm-hmm. has a great life from his description. You know, he's calmed down a lot from when he was younger, which he, you know, made a lot of headway with comedy from. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think he's a bad, he's still, you know, like he could show up anywhere and like make the entire crowd laugh. But I mean, this kind of feels like kind of like a retread. Like I'm a big fan of Doug Stanhope, but I mean, his albums are the same subjects over and over. He's making yep. different points about them. So it's like, I don't really, even really listen to his stand-up that much anymore. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I, I think I think that's a salient point. I think that is a lot of what's going on. What's going on here is that he's he is kind of on autopilot. So you know, it's like he says he says all the stuff that he does about women at the beginning, and it's like I know, and that's classic Bill Burr subject. Too. Yeah, and it's like I know what you're doing, Bill. I know you're playing this character. You don't really you don't. You're not really this unempathetic or this ununderstanding about women. You're you're playing up, you know, part of your personality to like the nth degree, you know, to be funny. But it's just like it's a little too much at this point and it it goes on a little bit too long. Kind of talking about like your point and Norm's point from earlier. I like it when comedians evolve too. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you know, I'm not saying like, you know, a comedian like like Bill Burr, for instance, right, has to become this like feminist now. I don't think, you know, it should, that should happen. But, you know, he should evolve a, a little bit, at least in his thinking, or evolve into new kind of subject matters and, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, and as he points out himself, he's like one of the most like classically liberal people out there. You know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm sorry. Not I don't mean classically liberal and like a libertarian matter. I mean, he's like you know he has he he votes you know for yeah. I think he voted for Trump just to mess with people. But I mean, <laughs> he, you know, he has all these. I mean, a lot of these comedians are like even Joe Rogan. Like so they are basically liberal in all their opinions. Joe, they want you know universal health care that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, he's you know like like I said, I just think that a lot of it, like you said, is kind of autopilot. I think a lot of it is. And I wonder, he's got a very successful podcast. He has a, a successful television show on Netflix, F is for Family, which is a good show that I that I enjoy uh, as well. Uh, the second season I didn't think was as good as the first season, but you know it's still it's still a pretty decent show. And I just wonder, is he spreading himself too thin to really put as much into the comedy? as he used to and I, I i just i wonder if maybe he's got too much going on yeah i don't know i mean if you're new to bill burr this is still a good special to watch but yeah i mean i've seen a few of his before and it's like yeah i get it yeah it's just like it, it's a lot of the same material kind of over and over again and there are you know i don't want to completely shit on bill burr you know like you said it's still a decent special. It's still going to be a, a better special than than the majority of comedians out there because Bill Burr is a very good comedian. But there's there's a lot better uh, specials where where he's made me laugh a, a lot harder. But there and there are some you know things that he that he comes you know that he comes to that you know really make me laugh. Like the the one bit that I thought was was really good was when he talked about how. He, first he goes, you know what's funny about sexual assault? 
<laughs> and then he pauses, you know, and everyone laughs, obviously. But he says that, uh, you know, the me, the me Too thing, he said, I think they got everybody now because you hear the stories and they're not like they used to be when it started out. He's like, uh, when it started out, there were, you know, guys like just, you know, grabbing, like uh, dropping their pants. Look at that. Look at, like blocking doors, jizzing on pant- plants and stuff. And people are at home like, uh, oh, my God, this is actually happening. And uh, he's like, now it's it just sounds like bad first dates. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, the chicken was cold, and um, yeah, he, like there's definitely like Aziz and sorry, like I mean, you know, it did sound mm-hmm. like from what his you know whole Me Too thing, it didn't. I mean, it's a shitty experience, but it didn't seem like the woman told him to stop it. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you being uncomfortable doesn't mean that the guy assaulted you. Basically, yeah, you, especially you being uncomfortable and not saying anything. I mean, I, no one can read it anyone else's mind. Right. So, I, I mean, I think he makes a good point uh, when it comes to that. And I think he, you know, I think it's, it's funny. It's a funny part of the special. And I, I think he also makes a good point during that, that part. And there are a couple parts like that throughout the special. But for the most part, it is just kind of retread of anything that you can see in any of his other specials. Yeah, I mean, it's okay for the completest, but I mean, it's not nothing. It's a, it's not an essential list, I don't think. No, no, I, I wouldn't say so either. So, you know, I, 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 the the podcast is probably uh, much more entertaining <laughs> on, a, on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah. He, his, his podcast is really good. Uh, but so that is our episode for the week. As always, tell a friend about the show. You can uh, go to our Patreon if you want to uh, donate a, a dollar to us. Uh, you know, help uh, help uh, Mike reach his goal of being able to find shoes that make him float. <laughs> no, that you have to put them on to prevent yourself from floating. That's right. Pay Mike. Pay Mike. That's what it was. Pay Mike twenty million dollars to do this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that is our goal. All we need is either one of you to donate $20 million, um, 20 of you to donate a million dollars, 2 million of you to donate $10. Is that right? Yeah. Um, or 20 million of you to donate a dollar. Right. So however you guys in the world want to divide that up, figure it out amongst yourselves <laughs> and, pay, and pay Mike $20 million to do the show. Yes, uh, but other than that, uh, you can get us uh, at Twitter or wherever you want to. Uh, I don't know. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you next time. <laughs>